This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AM570, an LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, Later this hour, high school sports losing someone who has been in the business for 34 years. We'll get into that. Local, local coach. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Next hour, we have the listener haiku. Which our caller attempted tried. to deliver early. We, we tried to help him out. I tried to give him a break. You did. You gave him a yeah. break. But he and couldn't close the deal. You know, he can try and call back next when hour. You, when you go up against Daddy, Freddie. Yeah, with Daddy. When you go up against Daddy, it's not an easy task. So. On Friday, especially. No, no, no. I really don't care on Friday. I'm going to beat the brakes off you on Friday. That's yeah. the way it works, Fred. Okay. <laughs> we, no prisoners. I understand. Uh, we also have the Pro Flowers gift card to give away. We'll do that sometime between now and 3 o'clock. But at this moment, let's bring out a good friend of ours, a man that knows the inside dealings. It's our pal, Ned Coletti. And Ned, thanks for jumping on. Hey, my pleasure always. Okay, Ned. Well, here we go. The GM meetings are in full force, uh, which, of course, are the prelude to the winter meetings. So let's start with that. When you're at the GM meetings, what are you doing? Most of the time, you're uh, when you're in the meetings, you're going over rules and different dynamics like that, but it also gives you an opportunity to make some contacts that you typically would do over the phone, uh, make some personal contacts and figure out what teams really want to do. You can lay some groundwork, and you can get some things at least started. Some teams obviously get some things done trade-wise, but I think uh, it's, a good, it's a good forum to bring people together and kind of map out who you think you can do business with as you get deeper into the winter. Uh, and speaking of that, Ned, doing business with, I mean, I'm sure uh, from a relationship standpoint, there are, uh, there are people out there and GMs out there that you feel more comfortable uh, talking uh, to and with as opposed to some other ones. Um, when you're at these meetings, Ned, do you guys kind of get together and he's like, I know this guy, he's going to shoot me straight and we can kind of have a real good rapport. And then other ones, he's like, man, I got to keep, you know, I, I shake his hand. I come back with four fingers. I mean, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how is that dynamic with the other GMs? <laughs> you guys, it's, it's absolutely just how you laid out right there. You, you know, I mean, you could have, a, there was a lot of just, we could just have conversations, you know, just kind of catch up and sit around and say, hey, you know, would you ever think about doing this? Would you ever think about doing that or vice versa, you know? And and you knew that, and they were going to be straight shooting with you. And, yeah, certainly they were, gonna, they were not going to let you take advantage of the situation. But they were they were conversational, and, and you knew where you stood. You know, part of this entire process, building anything, I think, whether it's sports or any other business, is 
really to scout everybody that you're going to come in contact with. It's just not about players during a game. It's about everybody, including your peers and how they operate. You know, some guys are, as they say, all had no cattle. Some guys are always involved in everything but never do anything. And, and some are, are more, a little bit more quiet, reserved, but they, but they get a lot done. But you're right. And when, when I found somebody that was uh, uh, always trying to win a deal or somebody that was uh, not conducive to uh, uh, you know, my personality, whatever that is, I would say, uh, hey, Kim, Kim Hing. Kim, well, why don't you go talk to somebody for us? You know? <laughs> why don't you go to the yeah, That's how I broke in. Brian Sabre knew that with me all the time. I won't mention any names. Some of them are still kind of prominent. But he said, well, you know, I'm not talking to this guy. You know, this guy's always got, got a line for you, always trying to, you know, sell you a dime for a dollar, you know. And uh, uh-huh. But that, that's how you learn. But you're right. Everybody's got their own method, and you can – you can sense tone of voice. You can you can sense anxiety, and you can sense just cool, calm, collected. And hey, we'll get there when we get there. Hey, Ned. Okay, we we want to get to what the Dodgers are doing, but I love this part. We usually do it at the end. Let's do it early. Give me your favorite yeah. winter meeting story. Give me a couple of stories from the GM or the winter meetings that you remember, and they always make us laugh. Oh well, there was one. Um, well, one, I was still with the Giants at the time. It was my first year as assistant GM and Brian Sabian's first year as, as GM. And we had two great players that we couldn't afford to keep both of them. One was Barry Bonds, one was Matt Williams. And we had made a decision about a month earlier that we would we would trade Matt Williams. And so we made this deal. It was Brian's first deal as a GM. He traded one of the favorites uh, of the franchise, Matt Williams, to Cleveland. And we both kind of looked at each other after we made a deal with John Hart and Dan O'Dowd from Cleveland and, and thought, ay, 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 you know, are we going to be able to get back into that city after this? You know, I mean, it was, it was a huge deal. It turned out to be a difference-making deal. Uh, Cleveland went to the World Series, but San Francisco started to put it together with Jeff Kent, Vizcaino, uh, Julio Tavares. But you learn a lot, you see a lot. And, um, you know, the GM meetings... Some you know, you're, but gym meetings are almost like final exams in college. You're up almost all night, and and you you get to about one in the morning, and now it's just you and your the teams that you're really close with just sitting around and, and shooting the breeze and, and maybe having a couple bottles of vino or little little Jack here and there to to get through the night. There were some deals I didn't want agent, I didn't want teams to know what I was doing. Um, I've signed players in in stairwells of hotels. Where I would meet between the the tenth and the eleventh floor on the stairwell with the agent, and wow. and sit there and do business, or or leave leave campus and and go and try and do a deal. My first conversation with Casey Close about Zach Greinke was at the GM meetings, but I, I he said let's just meet in the lobby. I said I'm not meeting in the lobby. I meet you down the street. There's a coffee shop. You know, I'll take a ride down there. You take a ride down there. We'll get together down there, and nobody will know who we are, and nobody will get in our business. Uh, so you got to do that too. And sometimes you would you would meet meet with somebody in front of everybody just to give the other teams the impression, especially if you had a healthy payroll like the Dodgers. Uh, you know, my the last two or three years of my my time there. If if you could be seen with an agent that had a big player, if you had like like a Scott Boris. Suddenly now your competition, you know, they'll up the ante. They'll they'll continue to do it because they don't want you getting the player. Many times you don't have any interest in the player. 
but but by by the visualization that you might would would spur teams to to spend whatever they had in order to make a deal. So, you know, you, we do that all the time. Um, probably one of the um, uh, I won't get into the players or the team, but. A GM wanted to. Uh, he said, "We got to go to dinner. We got to go celebrate the year. You know, you, got, you had a great year. We got to go celebrate." I said, "You know what? I can't do it tonight." And he actually had a player who was a free agent. This was in Florida, and we're in Orlando. And I drove uh, to Tampa to meet this player and his family. And Vance Lovelace, who's still with the Dodgers, my my top scout, right hand man, great guy from Tampa. So he knows where we're going. He knows what you know, the neighborhood. He knows the street. He knows everywhere we're going. So I drive two hours over to Tampa. It's pouring rain, and we meet up at a, at a at a restaurant. He and I go over to this house, and we're knocking on the door, and uh, the light comes on, and um, somebody in the house goes, "If you don't get off this porch, we're going to shoot you off the porch." <laughs> no, this is no exaggeration. And I look at him, I go, do you know where you're going? And he goes, I grew up here. And I think in Tampa, they may have one of those, you know, where it's like northeast, you know, the street's the same street, but it's northeast, you know, uh, Ventura or southeast Ventura. Yeah. You know, I guess it's, you know. And so we were in the wrong part of town. And I looked at him, I said, I got you here, and we're about to get shot off the porch. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's pouring, it's pouring out, and the, and the player agent and the player are calling, going, "Are you guys coming or not? I thought you had interest in signing." <laughs> you know, I said, "Yeah, well, right now we're just trying to get off the porch, so to speak." You know, so yeah, that 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 is, you know, I wasn't prepared for that question, but that was a pretty interesting evening. Sounds and then like I ended up chasing that player for a while and raising the price, just like I just told you a minute ago, on the other team. And the other team spent about 90% of what it had to spend that winter because they had gotten wind that I had been over to the house. And the, and the, the other GM looked at me and said, so I'm trying to go out and celebrate you know, your great season, and you're over there trying to recruit my player. Then he tells me at the All-Star break, yeah, you cost me an extra $7 million on this guy. <laughs> Because, you know, I find out, well, that's the deal. That's how it goes sometimes. I love that. It's not, I mean, how often does that actually happen, Ned, where, you know, deep down inside, you know, you're not really going after the player, uh, but you, your rival may be going after that guy, and you really, you want to up that ante kind of almost like an auction. You're like, I'm not trying to buy that car, but I'm going to raise the price on it so this guy, you know, has to overpay for it. Does that go on quite a bit? Well, it, it depends on, on, on how well you know everybody and you know their, their anxiety level or, or their, their hunger to do something. Or really, if they're coming to the end of their contract and their team is struggling, you know, they've you know, they got to they make a deal to keep their gig. So, you know, you, you, you sometimes let them do it. And, and, you know, if you know your players and you know, the, you know who you're, you really want on your club, you can do it. In that, in that situation, they had two players that were free agents. And the one I really wanted was the one I didn't go visit. And that's the one I really wanted. And that's the one I ended up getting while they ended up paying for the, you know, the first guy that I went to, to visit on the, the rainy night in, uh, in November in Tampa. <laughs> Wow. So you're not going to review. That's a song, Ned. That's a song. A rainy night in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> Driving through the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> get oh, your yeah. buddies from Chicago classic. to put it together for us. <laughs> it was classic. That voice, I'll never forget. And every time I see Vance, 
we look at each other, we start laughing, like, you know, how close did we come to have something bad happen? Us, you know, trying to sign a player because you know the area. Yeah, okay. And you're not going to name the guys? I mean, you can name them now. What no, the hell, we'll Fred? Stop death. it, Fred. We'll death for later. We can't, doing, we can't Fred? tell you everything, but, you know, this stuff is all accurate. It's all true. No, I believe it, but it was years ago. I was just wondering who it was. I mean, you, Boy, want, you Fred, you you just want to tell keep, me now? Got to keep his source, Fred. I understand. I'm, I'm you you still like that? You still want me to tell that David Wells story, don't you? That <laughs> <laughs> that is the best story. <laughs> but I mean, it, it I would just take. I told us... that the other day. I, 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 I can't believe I did what I did, but anyway. Yeah, but you got to clean yeah. it up. That's the problem. See, for the air, it's, it's not. Yeah, you can't. You can't put. You can't tell it without without. Yeah having the emotion of the moment you know yeah well that'll be for another time all right let's do this now uh we'll start with justin turner the club denied did not pick up his his option so they paid him two million dollars and now he's a free agent is that standard course of doing business do you think the big view here is okay we gave him two million we want him back but we got to get him for less that is obviously the thought process. I think that they'd love to have him back. I think he'd love to finish his career in L.A. Uh, but you don't know what somebody else is going to do uh, or what somebody else is going to offer. And, you know, it, players earned the right to get to this point. Uh, and the $2 million should they pay him to. But that's really, that's from the past contract. That's just kind of almost a deferral of payment there as a choice. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's one of those situations you you nobody knows a player better than the team, and nobody and the player does knows this team better than any team. So it's sometimes you gotta you gotta play that route, and sometimes you gotta do it, and you gotta figure out what the market is, and and the player's appetite to to move on, to truly move on. I mean, it'd be in this particular case, I'm assuming it would be it would be a tough tough decision for JT and, and, and Courtney because they love the area. They've been they've been so good in so many ways for this organization, uh, on the field, off the field, community, everything. But again, it, you know, you'll hear it all the time. Well, it's a business. You know, players always say, well, it, it's, a, it's a business. And, well, you know, if it wasn't a business, they would, they'd be, you know, getting two scoops of ice cream at the Dairy Queen instead of one, and they wouldn't be able to make a living, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it is a business. Yeah. Uh, and, and Clayton Kershaw, it seems like they're closing in on a deal. Um now, how, how difficult is it when you've got a guy like that has been your face of your franchise for forever, um, and and you know based on last year he he kind of had a bounce back year and, and performed really well, uh, but still there's that injury factor. But he is your face deciding, and he doesn't want to stop playing. You know how difficult yeah. is that for you sitting in that chair, got to make that decision on a guy that not only. The, the people in the building love, but the whole city embraces and loves as well. Well, it, it, in this particular case, I, I think it's, it, it's probably meant to be that, that he, that he stays and he is, he is who he is. And, he, and, you know, he and Alan have also been wonderful in this, in not just as Dodgers, but also as people in the area and the community, um, had, had that, that history not been there and had he wanted to go someplace else, and had had performed well, um, it's it's tough. It's tough because you can't. You can go a little bit deeper, a little bit higher in, in salary to keep somebody, but you still you still can't quote overdo it. You, you you know, in my opinion, you can't go like five million over 
what you really feel the value of the player is for your franchise, all things considered. Um, but, you know, it, it, every situation is different. It, it's, it's tough to do it. It's tough to do it if you're, go, if you're going excessive. You know, there always seems to be the, um, uh, from the public opinion poll anyway, that, you know, it's the team's fault if the player doesn't sign, let alone sometimes the player seeks more than the team believes the player should be earning, even after learning and knowing somebody for a decade plus. So it's all we kind of rest on the team side to, to probably go a little deeper rather than the player take a little less. Um, but I think I would think that that when it sounds like that that will happen, and it'd be great for him to have started his career as as a draft pick in the '06 draft and the to throw the last pitch of his career, whenever that may be, uh, in the same uniform. It'd be unique, and it, I think it'd be uh, it'd be very fitting in this case. Very very fitting. All right, Trey Turner gets a qualifying offer. So does Tyler Anderson. Uh, we're assuming Trey Turner turns it down for greener pastures and a lot more money. Tyler Anderson can probably make more than $19 million next year, Ned. How do you think those two play out? I think uh, I think you're correct, exactly correct with, with Trey. I think this, it's going to be a very long-term deal, far above the AAB. It'll probably be far above the qualifying offer. Um, Tyler's a little bit of a different story. You know, I mean, he had a tremendous year, um, career year. Is he going to look for um, duration on a contract? Because a lot of times you'll see guys turn down what you think. Wow, that, that was a lot to turn down. But what they're really thinking and what they're really hoping for is four years, five years, maybe a little bit less on the AAV, the average annual value, but more duration to it. To go year by year by year, you know, that if, at some point in time, you know, nobody really wants to do that, but at some point in time, you, you've almost earned the opportunity not to do that. So it, it does allow, if it doesn't work out, it allows the team to get a draft pick. Doesn't mean neither player is coming back. Just means that the Dodgers will be compensated with a pick in the event that it doesn't work out. I think in Tyler's case, I think that will be more about years than necessarily the AAB is always going to come into play. But I think I think years will be the sticking point or the negotiation of that deal, whether it's in LA or elsewhere, how long is somebody going to sign them for? I think that will probably be the, uh, maybe the, the highlight, not the highlight, but the, the more um, important piece of that negotiation. Name Carlos Correa was floated around. We talked about it on the air. And here's the question we asked our, our listeners. Even if you despise somebody, if you could get them on your team and they could help you win, would you want them? All right, here's what the listener said when it came to Carlos Correa. Hell no. We don't want him. <laughs> All right. So now, Ned, you're sitting in the chair. He's a player that can contribute and help. You know the fans are going hell no. What do you do if you're in the chair? Well, it depends what, your, what, the, what the price is, what the term is, and, and what your other options are. And also, what's the character of the player besides the garbage can stuff and and, and Joe Kelly, you know, uh, can the player take some heat for a while? It's, it's almost in, in a in a bizarre way. It's like okay, you know, you're going to Philadelphia, and you know, you're going to have a raucous crowd. And how you're going to, you know, how you're going to win a game in a city like that? Well, you take the crowd out of it. You know, if the player has got the the uh, intestinal fortitude, and and you know, I'm going to be fine here. 
And, yeah, it's going to be a little rocky for a while. But I win them over on my side by how I play and how I hustle and how I produce and how good the team does. Things like that happen all the time. This is a little bit, obviously, far more touchy than most. But I think you have to think about what are your other options, uh, what's the player looking for term and dollars, and what's the player's constitution to, to put up with, with some aggravation at the outset perhaps and some, you know, some harshness perhaps and some booing. You know, if he hits three home runs on opening day, you know, are, are they going to be booing him the second day? We know we kind of know how that goes. Yeah, but yeah, that'd be a tough one. All right, Stan Caston talked about the fact that we've got young players. Maybe it's time to take a look at them. Miguel Vargas, for example, uh, Outman, who had a cup of coffee up here last year. Maybe yep. Bobby Miller. Uh, what's the philosophy now in bringing these guys up and starting to plug them in everyday roles? Well, I always have great respect for any athlete, and I have great respect for the season that they're asked to play. And if you could, you might have 500 at bats at AAA or AA, AAA combined, but those aren't 500 at bats in the big leagues. You may throw 150 innings, AA, AAA combined. That's not 150 innings in the big leagues. So I think you've got to be really realistic as to where your players are. Uh, if you're planning on taking a step back and you're, you're going to use the year as almost a development year, um, it's, it's less of, of, a, of a concern. But if, you're, if your goal is continue, you know, to continue to win and to win another division and to have a great October, if that's the goal, you know, you've got to be honest with where players are at. It's tough to give a starting pitcher, a young starting pitcher, tough to expect 140, 150, 160 innings, and then in, in October where they're still fresh and their stuff is still excellent, that's tough to do. You, don't, you hardly ever see that. And your hitters, too. It's tough to say, hey, you know, you got this gig, and, and we're going to play a six days a week no matter what happens. And if you, if you have a struggle and you got to adjust, we're going to stick with you. You know, it, it's tough to do that. Um, because the seasons are long, and there's no season like baseball. It tests everything you've got. And for a young player, it's rare that somebody can come in and, and be as, as to meet expectations, not once in a while, not once a week, or three times a week, but every day of the week. It's tough to do. Now, I don't know the players nearly as well as, as the people that have developed them or, or drafted them or been around them or managed them. Or, or been their teammate, but I just as I look at a season, I'm always a little bit wary of doing it. We've broken a lot of young players, but it's tough to do it unless you have a safety net, and it's tough to do it in a place like LA because you know it's on. It's, there's fifty thousand people there every night. If you're still struggling with a certain part of your game, you know it's better to try and figure that out in front of two thousand in the minor leagues than fifty thousand in LA. So it's um, it depends on the player, but again, you've once you get into the season, or once you really get into spring training, if you figure out that somebody's not quite ready, you're gonna you'll be paying two dollars for that dollar player because other teams will know that that you're you're in a tough spot. So you got you just got to be honest with your appraisal, honest with your evaluation, and know where people are. You're gonna need 162 games started next season. How are you gonna get there? Yeah. Uh, Ned, another dilemma is what do you do with Cody Bellinger? You know, it's been a, you know, 
a better part of a little over two years where his struggles have continued. Um, what's the future hold for him? And, and do you see him uh, continuing to wear the Dodger blue? I think he would be a tough player to non-tender. Um, not that he's an easy player to tender, but I think he's a tough player to not tender. Uh, you're not talking about an older player. There's no doubt it's been a struggle. Um, but sometimes, you know, patience is the toughest thing to have. And I'm going to grant you, like you said, it's been two two years, two plus years of struggle most of the time. Um, what are your other options? Always one of the questions you got to ask. It's like firing a manager. Okay, you're tired of the manager. Who's going to sit in the seat next? Are they going to be better? Because they better be better. And the same thing with, with a player. Uh, you know, he's still a, a relatively young player. Should be in his prime at this point in time. And um, I think he's a tough player to tender because if he can figure it back out and somebody can unlock the approach at the plate and, and cement it in where he's back to what he was a few years ago, boy, that's a tough player to watch play on some other, you know, watch on television yeah. in some other uniform or watch him come into your ballpark. But you got to be patient with it, but you also got to be realistic to where to where it's at. Well, seems to me uh, by tendering him, they're playing defense. And uh, we don't want him to go anywhere else because what if? But his body of work has indicated that it's going to be really tough for him to come out of it. So if they tender him, he gets one more year and he still can't hit, then he's done. Then they just, yes. it's a free agent, they yeah. let him go. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, there's more body of work, you know, be it in, in the scenario you just laid out, you know, more body of work of underperformance. But he's a tough guy. To, he's a tough guy to, to do it. It's not like they're, they're wishing on a star here. It's, you know, he's done it already. If you have a player that you just keep waiting and waiting and waiting and you don't know the tender or not and you keep hoping, that's a tough one. But this, this one's almost, in a way, it's easier. In a way, it's tougher. Because it has been two years of decline in performance. But we also know he knows how to do it. He knows how to play. I mean, the guy had a phenomenal year. He had a phenomenal, really, couple of years. So it's, it makes it a little bit more precarious to do it. But unless you, can, you can rest on, well, we have seen him do it. This isn't somebody that's been playing five years and kind of sitting at the bottom for five years, and he was a high pick, so... You know, we, we can't let him go because of the draft status. Now, this is a little bit different scenario. But again, not an easy decision. All right. Well, thank you for making the decision to come on with us today. We appreciate it, Ned. Yes, Ned. And when you, when you come... That is always an easy decision. <laughs> when you decide to come in face-to-face, Ned, let's do it. Everything's on Fred. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> for the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> we will do it. All right. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Rodney, uh, we still have to avoid pro flowers. Yeah, we do. Not yet. Yeah, we do. Not yet. Oh, not yet. Not yet. But we will be giving that away. All right. Uh, and when we come back, we'll say goodbye or talk about saying goodbye to a legend here in Southern California. 
Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Bank. That's bank. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The man who thinks that Post Malone is a reference to an NBA era after the mailman retired, Fred Rogan. Oh, yeah, let's keep it moving. And I don't care Friday, right to beat Fred Rogan. Boy, Ned Coletti. Ned Coletti, Fred. Ned Coletti. I know. Wow. I know. Brett Shepard said, how many excuses will people give Cody Ballinger? Patience? How come nobody had patience with Puig? I think it's a different story. Yep. There's there's more intangible situations with with Puig and and the Dodgers as opposed to with Cody. Yeah, Puig was a distraction. That was the bottom line. A little bit. Yeah. Cody's not a distraction. He just doesn't hit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so I'm thinking that's why you you <laughs> might look at it and go, well, why didn't they give Puig more of a chance? Because Puig was a problem. Cody's problem is he doesn't hit. Aside from that, he's not a distraction. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think there was, a, you know, there was some, and, and Yasiel would be the first to admit that there was some, you know, some immaturity going on with him while he was with the Dodgers. Um, he... he had to get humbled a little bit, and I think he has grown. I mean, I think the the trips around the the league, he had some success in in Korea. So we'll see if that brings him back. But uh, like I said, and you said that that it was more than just the on the field play and struggles and ups and downs of of Puig uh, that led to him, you know, leaving the Dodgers. Uh, whereas Cody, um, very likable, very cool, very you know, uh, very good teammate. It's just his struggles are all on the field. All right, Rodney, uh, Bruce Rollinson, the head football coach at Modern Day, is going to retire at the end of the season. He's been there 34 years. Uh, currently, Modern Day is the number one team in the nation, and they'll play Jay Sarah tonight in the playoffs. Uh, look, you cannot diminish or take away what Bruce Rollinson did at Modern Day. No. Uh, he's a legend. Wait, how long, how long has he been there? How many years now? 34. 34 years. Yeah, yeah that program has yeah. been. You're talking about consistency. Yep. Sustainability. They, they've been pretty good. I mean, uh, listen, I know in, in this day and age, you're able to get top quality players, but so are a lot of other schools as well. And they've done it pretty well over the last 34 years with him. Now, we, we know what's going on at Modern Day. We know there is litigation pending. We know the story of the uh, student athlete. Yes, the hazing, right? Yeah, the hazing. Uh, that is ongoing. A representative at Modern Day was asked, okay, this timing seems, you know, a little convenient given that the investigation is going on and there's a good possibility that school's going to have to pay. I guess the question basically was, was he forced out? You know, right. we, we know how this right. is going to go, Bruce. We've looked into it and it doesn't look good for us. Yeah. Pay me now, pay me later. 
Yeah, so uh, we think you're gonna you're gonna tell them you're leaving. I don't know if that's the case or not. There there is some speculation that that might have been what happened, but however it played out, and whatever reason he left, I just think it is important to acknowledge in his years there and as a head coach, his teams are three thirty three eighty six and two. He coached Matt Leinart and Bryce Young. Just think about that. He's had a remarkable run, and to be fair, they've also committed a good amount to their football program to be successful there. Yes, they have. They run it like a junior college, Fred. Right. You you know, you're not going to find, with all due respect, the football coach at Burroughs and Burbank probably is not going to have that kind of success because they have built modern day, and Bosco, Rodney, Bosco yeah, too. Yeah, Bosco too, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these schools are built to succeed. You know, there's, there's, there's what, what, 10, well, I don't even know if it's 10, but yeah, let's say five to five to eight schools up and down the state that are on that kind of level, right? That, that uh, you know, what's the school? San Diego's got uh, one or two Helix. of them down there. Helix is, is a factory down there. Um, Bishop you know, Gorman in Vegas. Vegas. Bishop Gorman in Vegas. What's the yep. school in Northern Cal that's always in it, too? Um uh, oh, Salle was, and they fell off for it. Yeah, I don't know if for a long out. time De La Salle was was the standard up there, right? Yeah. So, but but yeah, with those schools and 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 with the quality of play and certain schools being able to start to up their ante, um, they modern day has still been consistent over that time. Yeah. So, uh, congratulations to Bruce on just a, a miraculous career. And again, they play tonight. And they'll be taking on uh, Jay Sarah, and that will be a battle. All right, next hour, we will have the listener haiku. And next hour, we will give away pro flowers. Uh, when we come back, well, someone that listened to the show and won, and it's doing something pretty cool with those winnings. We'll talk to him next. The following is an L.A. Clippers promotion. Can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? The L.A. Clippers play host to Kevin Durant and the sideshow known as the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm still sitting in the seat standing. Don't miss a moment of the action tomorrow. It's Clippers Nets. I'm a light. I'm a beacon of light. That's what I'm here to do. Clippers Countdown begins at noon right here on AM570 L.A. Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM570, LA Sports. The villain ain't rhyming off bread alone. Let him get some cognac, a mic, and a headphone. Oh, yeah, it's Friday, y'all. It's Friday. Be safe this weekend, no matter what you do. No matter what you do. And make sure, as we always tell you, if you happen to ever get in an accident, make sure you immediately call Jacob. There you go. Put him in your phone on your speed dial. Let's go, Fred. Rodney, remember when we had the contest? Uh, one of our listeners could win the Tommy's food truck. 
100 burgers, fries, drinks. I do, I do, I do. I kept trying to win it for myself. Yeah, well, that didn't work. No, it did not. They also got 10 tickets to a suite at a baseball game? Yes. All right. Well, Jay Eskridge actually won that prize from listening to the show, and he's doing something that I think is pretty cool with the prize. So, Jay, thanks for hopping on, and congratulations. Hey, no problem. Like I said, you know, I like you guys. I've been listening for a while. All right, that's cool. Now, the deal is that you're going to use this food truck today, Veterans Day, for residents at Century Villa. Why are you doing that? Well, um, I'm a disabled vet. I um, About five years ago, I was very sick in the hospital for months from really bad illness, and I was going to end up homeless because of it. Well, there's a group called USS here in Long Beach where I live, and get vets off the streets, get them into temporary housing, get them help to get, you know, you know, whatever they need, you know, to get, you know, if they need to get on disability, help them with that, help them with job training, all that type of stuff. And they were able to help me um, to do all that. For me, it was to get on, to be able to get benefits because I, I'm not able to work anymore. But they did that. They got I had temporary housing, and then later they've got me into right, what you would call semi-permanent housing right now, which is here at Century Village. Wow, that's 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 pretty amazing, Jay. Jay, just uh, so we know, Jay, when did you serve? Um, I served in the eighties, eighty-six through eighty-nine. Okay, and then this uh, Century Village is is something you've been you've been living there for how long now? Uh, since, um, since, um, USF, you know, got me literally after I got out of the hospital, it would be since 2017. Okay. Um, a day like today, like Veterans Day, Jay, what is it, what does it mean for you, for us as a country to recognize the service that you and your, your, your fellow members that have served? What does it mean for you? For me, it was for me, I was planning on going into the service right out of high school. My father was a career Air Force man for 27 years. He fought in World War II and, you know, all the way through the Cold War and all that. For me, service is, I think, something you have to give back to the country that protects you, that takes care of you. So I wanted to do that. And for me, I think it's, um, you can call it maybe a noble sacrifice, but the reality is, it was something I wanted to do. I believe that, you know, you know, we should, you know, try to do something in our, you know, you know, whether it's in our community or in the country as a whole, that means serving in the military, picking up trash, whatever. I think that's something that is important for people to do. And what exactly happened to you, Jay? Um, I ended up getting um, blood poisoning, actually, and it was very severe. Um, wow. I was it. It caused a lot of, and it caused a lot of, and I was in the hospital and aftercare for almost three months because of it. And it did do a lot of permanent damage to me. Um, I had already, you know, you know, you know, for the service and just having a fun life playing lots of sports, even though I never played in like school and all that, but with my buddies on the, you know, field throwing a football or baseball, whatever, um, hockey, you know, I put a lot of wear and tear on my bones, and unfortunately for me, it took a toll while I was in the hospital, the blood poisoning. It also uh, did um, scar some arteries in my heart and all that, and I ended up having, last year, I ended up having triple bypass surgery, which went great. I'm all back, you know, back together, so to speak, rebuilt engine. 
it's been hard. I mean, I'm trying to get back into shape right now. Um, riding a bicycle was something that I enjoyed was doing for years before I got sick. So, um, I used to do charity rides for the March of Dimes, um, you know, for the, we call the tour to cure, to try to cure diabetes. So I'm going to try to do that again. (laughs) If I can get, once I get up and running. Jay, we thank you so much for your service. And I have to tell you, what a classy and wonderful gesture on your part. You Absolutely. Won, you won the Tommy's food truck. You could do anything you wanted. 100 people with the burgers, the fries, and the drinks, and you're going to give it to your pals down there. It could not be a more oh, yeah. generous gesture. And we we appreciate it, and we salute you. Well, thank, you know what? I mean, again, giving when you have an opportunity to give back, you know, you should do it. I mean, I, when I won the contest, I, I actually was like, wow, what am I going to do with this? do with this and i just and my first thought is what you know what about you know bringing the truck over here to the people i you know that i you know live in this big community and you know hey i love i've been eating tommy burgers since i was in junior high so how can i not let people want to enjoy that man (laughs) awesome jay awesome man again as fred mentioned thank you for your service we appreciate you we appreciate everything that you're doing and uh, just be safe and be well out there brother Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, you guys too, man. I, it's good. You know, I'm able to listen to good, you know, good, you know, stuff on the radio at times. And I got lucky, you know, I was, you know, just happened to be listen, listening and boom, this is what happened. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety minded who watch everyone's backs Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.